How refreshing it is when one looks at the New Testament and simply sees the church. You can be part of that church today, and that's what we're going to be talking about here from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Well, thank you for the kind words, dear Jay Webb, and we appreciate you and your announcing of our broadcast. Dear friends, you'll hear from Jay a little bit more throughout our program. And greetings to all of you for being with us today for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. We have been coming to you over the air since 1934. That's right, folks. We're the longest-running radio program in Churches of Christ, and we are delighted you have chosen to be with us for our study today. Under the oversight of the West Fayetteville, Tennessee Church of Christ, Our address is P.O. Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334. You can also reach us through our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the Contact tab, and we look forward to your message. As a matter of fact, we'd like to ask that as you are hearing our broadcast, if you will let us know where you are hearing our broadcast from. We'd love to know where you're located. If you'd like to call our toll-free number at 855-444-6988, that's 855-444-6988, you can leave us the same information. Just say, hi, I'm listening to you on, and then tell us what station or what uh, you are using or where you're listening to us. We come to you in a variety of ways over the air and online, and we're honored that you have chosen to be with us today. In our previous broadcast, we noted that regardless of the religious group, and although in-depth study of the Bible may show differently, initially an individual believes the following. One, that the Bible is the only book that can make a 100% claim that it is God's Word. The second is the idea of religion or church is from God. Generally, people will believe that initially. Now, as you continue studying, you find we go off the rails in a lot of different ways, and such should not be the case. Previously, concerning the church we read of in the Bible, we've noted, one, that before time began, before God said, let there be light, the church was in His mind and in His purpose for mankind. Second, before the church came into existence, the prophets of God spoke of it through inspiration, and we have that written in the Old Testament. And through Christ, the promise was made to build His church. That same church that was purposed and prophesied was promised by the Christ. It was in Matthew 16, verses 16 through 18, when Simon Peter answered Jesus and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 
What did the Father reveal unto Simon Peter? That Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, none other. And then Jesus told him in verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now Jesus did not tell Peter he was going to build the church upon him. For the name Peter and the word rock are two different words in the original language. While both would stand for a stone or a rock, Peter would be more akin to a pebble or a smaller stone. Rock would be more of a solid foundation. As a matter of fact, it's also the same word used for stone that was rolled in front of the tomb that held Jesus just temporarily. And so we understand the distinct difference. The rock that Peter brought forth, the foundation, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the only one who could found, who, who would be able to find a church or to be a founder of the church, shall we say. And he is also the only one in whom I want to be a part of his church. And dear friends, the only authority that I have is in light of Scripture to look at the church that is in the Bible. Would it not be fair to say that we are accurate if we direct people to the church we read of in the Bible? Not our choices on the Internet, not what is close by, not what makes us feel good, but am I a member of the church that I read of in the Bible? Well, we're going to continue this study today of the church that not only was purposed, spoken of the prophets of God and promised by Christ, but some other characteristics and other things that bring forth this church and make it so unique. So we're going to study about the church that we read of in the Bible as we build upon the rock and learn more about that church. Now, dear friends, we use as our source the Bible. That is the only book of authority of which we are able to use and will. But you know... In this world, something is wrong, but the Bible is always right. As a matter of fact, since I have brought that up, here is our J. Webb with a very special gift just for you, and then we'll come back for our study concerning the church. Good folks, please allow us to send a special free booklet called Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. This is a study that clears away a lot of the confusion in the religious world and allows us to see that the Bible is always right. Just call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Bible Tract. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com Click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Bible Tract in the message box. Now, back to our study. Dear friends, let's begin with the church of the Bible was purchased by Jesus Christ. What a wonderful price, a very precious price. Listen to Acts 20, verse 28. Here is the Apostle Paul speaking to the elders or the overseers of the church there at Ephesus. He says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. 
Now, when I see that Jesus purchased with his own blood, or the church of God which he purchased with his own blood, I see a number of things there. I see, first of all, the deity of God and Christ as one. And I see that it was the purchased blood of Jesus Christ, or rather, shall I say, the blood that Jesus shed that purchased the church. It was the price paid. You know, friends, everything has a price. Daily, in one way or another, we are concerned about the cost of something. We may ask, how much does it cost? I can remember many years ago dealing with a national company in my secular work. And they asked the question, now, what is the price of XYZ? And they mentioned their company. In other words, not what is the price, but what is our price? And I thought, that's a pretty good strategy. They want to be able to get the best for their money and what they can do. Well, we always want to know what something costs. I have to admit, I have a very hard time purchasing something that I cannot find a price that's labeled anywhere. Discussing the price and thinking about price, well, let's look at the price paid for the church, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Dear friends, we understand the importance of blood in our physical lives. Occasionally, one may receive a call concerning donating blood. The surplus is down. We need a certain blood type. Blood is needed. And blood must be pure and free of contamination. We must make certain that that blood is pure because it will be used for transfusions to help others. And friends, the blood of Christ was needed for the purchase of the church. Have you ever considered that all the number of gallons of blood shed and given among animals under the old covenant, you could add it all up, multiply it by ten, and it's still not enough to purchase the church. Also, the blood of Jesus Christ purchased but one church. It is the one that Jesus promised to build, and he was going to pay the price for that one. And the prophets of God would speak of it. Matter of fact, they would inquire, they would search to know of the things of which they are writing, First Peter 1, 10 through 12. And in the mind of God, the purpose of God, and what's interesting is when you look at the blood and how it was planned to be shed, that one church. The death of Christ in the church was not an afterthought of God. If someone brings forth that the church is something secondary, or when man sinned, God came up with that plan, dear friends, that is simply not true in light of Scripture. For as it was in his eternal purpose, in Ephesians 3, 9 through 12, listen to this text, the latter part of Revelation 13, 8, concerning Christ, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Within that purpose of God, God knew that through Christ, he would shed his blood to purchase the purposed, prophesied, and promised church. What a beautiful thought. And again, this blends in perfectly from our previous study concerning the church purposed in the mind of God before time began, once again, Ephesians 3, 9 through 12. Not only was this purchase price planned to be shed, but it was and is as precious as a lamb. 
You know, in Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 through 5, the children of Israel understood the importance of a lamb for deliverance and redemption, how they were to take the lamb, to kill it, to roast it, and what they were to do, and how they were to take the blood of that lamb and put it over or down along the doorpost and the crossbeam within the house so that at night, Death would not come upon their house. It was important to shed the blood and spread the blood, to bring it forth. Isaiah prophesied of this lamb, that being the Christ, in Isaiah 53. All through Isaiah 53, you know for certain that Isaiah is prophesying of the Christ. Let's go to the New Testament when John the baptizer said in John 1.29, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And oh, in Revelation 5 and verse 12, Worthy is the Lamb, seeing the blessing and honor of the Christ that the Lamb is to receive. Again, dear friends, it wasn't just any blood. Hebrews 10 and verse 4 tells us that the blood of bulls and goats could not, could not take away sin. The blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, was the only price that could be paid for the church. It was planned, it's precious, and here's what else it does. Not only does it purchase the church, it purchases my soul when I am added to the church. The blood of Christ destroys my sin. In Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. The word redeemed there, not only to buy back, but it's equivalent to a slave purchasing his freedom. That when the blood of Christ destroys my sin, I have my freedom in Christ Jesus. For we were slaves to sin. In John 8:34, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. So as sin is prevalent in our lives, we are enslaved to sin, and it will beat us and defeat us. But listen to Romans 6:17 to the Christian. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but... You have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I would rather be a servant of righteousness than a servant of sin, dear friends, wouldn't you? How about that blood that is used to redeem us and purifies us? Titus 2.14 Who gave himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works, or a people for His own possession. He redeems us from the iniquity and purifies us unto Himself. He redeems us and then makes us better. Listen to these words. I am reconciled. Now Colossians 1.20 and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Oh, dear friends, made from an enemy to a friend, peace through the blood of the cross, I can be reconciled. Here's a second one. I am sanctified. 
Hebrews 13, verse 12, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. That affirms his crucifixion outside the gates of Jerusalem or outside the city limits. That his blood shed upon that cross, done to sanctify people, to set them apart from the world and unto him, which takes us right back to Colossians 1.20 and Titus 2.14. I love this as well. I am justified, Romans 5, 9. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Justified. Here's a great definition. Justified just as if I had never sinned. The cleansing blood, according to Revelation 1 and verse 5, that washes our robes and makes them white in the blood of the Lamb, and the blood that continuously cleanses one as one walks in the light, 1 John 1, 7. Oh, dear friends, the purchased price purchases my soul when I am added to the church. It is in that beautiful hymn, What can wash away my sin? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And to God be the glory. Folks, if you will, allow me to pause for give or take 30 seconds, and we'll return with our study. Why not follow the International Gospel Hour on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and others. Please type International Gospel Hour into the search engine, and you can like and follow our pages to keep up with the latest news and efforts of our labors. We would be honored to have you follow us on social media. And now, back to Jeff. And dear friends, through our social media, please take a look each week and sign up and see our brief videos of 60 Seconds for the Savior and the recap from our broadcast from our YouTube channel. Everything is there for you with the International Gospel Hour on social media. Now we continue our study, not only of the Church of the Bible that it was purchased by the Christ, But the church of the Bible has its part in Christ. Now, dear friends, we will readily concede. There is nothing more discouraging than one who claims to be a Christian, a member of the church, and that one sees in the Bible the member of that church, and they're not doing their part or living a faithful life. I don't know how many times I've heard individuals say, Well, I would not have a part in that church because there are people there who are hypocritical. There are people there who are this and who are that. And we will concede from the very outset there is nothing more discouraging. And, dear friends, the Bible speaks of how Christians that are unfaithful to the Lord or will bring a shame or reproach or live an ungodly life should be dealt with in. And we also realize that you should not allow anybody to turn you away from this beautiful church of which we're seeing. After all, you may be the one to change them. Each book of the New Testament, after the establishment of the church, instructs the faithful how they should live a faithful life, how Christians should live. I want to jump ahead to Galatians 2.20 when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how we should live. Let's do a quick perusal from those that were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. Those who heard the gospel preached and they believed it. 
They took the command of repentance, and they were baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. They were added to the church. Let's take a look. In Acts 2.42, the Bible says how they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You see, they continued a faithful walk. They did not go back into the law from which they had come, the law of Moses, that has been nailed to the cross. They did not go and live any way they wanted. It changed them. In Acts 8 and verse 4, they were scattered abroad, going everywhere, preaching the word, telling others about it. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10, he condemned them for the division they had brought upon them and said, you need to be one in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1, put away all filthiness of the flesh. In Galatians 1, 6 and following, do not hear another gospel. That gospel will cause you to be cut off. Listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What about the beautiful armor of God that the Christians should be wearing in Ephesians six ten and following? Such things as the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, loins girt about with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the shield of faith. You see, Christians should be ready for battle. To the Philippians in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 and following, to be assured that when one sleeps in Christ, that they are waiting for the Lord to return. And in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 6, to walk according to the will of God and not walk disorderly. Dear friends, when you take a look at what was written to every church in the New Testament, these letters that are written, and even the warnings over to the churches in Revelation 2 and verse 3, dear friends, the church of the Bible has its part in Jesus Christ. And we expect people, and God expects people to walk faithful. And when they fail to do that, they will pay a price eternally unless they repent and come back to the Lord. Dear friends, have we prompted some thoughts in your mind? Would you like to study these things further? Would you love to be a part of the church we read of in the New Testament? We're going to go to our beloved J-Web one more time, and here's the information for our free in-home Bible study. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God.
The church of the Bible, dear friends, was purchased by the Christ. And yes, Christians have their part. Lives should be faithful to the Christ. And please know this, friends. The church of the Bible has a simple passage into Jesus Christ. You know, friends, when we hear the gospel message, and we hear it and obey it, as we read in Romans 10, verses 9 through 16, that entire text of obeying the gospel. When we hear the gospel message, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, verse 17. When we believe in God and in Christ, and we're going to believe the command of repentance that Jesus taught in Luke 13, 3. To change our decisions, therefore changing our direction. And that when we repent of our sins, we confess Jesus as the Son of God, as Peter did as we noted earlier in Matthew 16:16, 16, 16, the eunuch in Acts 8 and verse 37, the command of Jesus to confess him in Matthew 10:32 and 33. And then, yes, friends, we are baptized into Christ. Baptism that washes away our sins, Acts 22:16 brings forth the remission of sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. It also adds us to the church, Acts 2 verse 47, puts us in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, and then we walk a faithful life as commanded in Revelation 2 and verse 10, and the text of which we referred to earlier, specifically there, Galatians 2 and verse 20. And then we walk onward in the light as He is in the light where His blood continues to cleanse us, And we have that part because we have a passage into Christ. Dear friends, we will make, we will mince rather no words and make no mistake about it. You can find that same church today and we will help you reach out to us. Let us help you in that direction with the studies that we offer and bring forth. Follow us on social media. We'd love to send you the booklet, Something is Wrong, but the Bible is Right. We want to help you in your pursuit of truth, dear friends, and we will help you all that we can through our labors here at International Gospel Hour. We're grateful to hear from our listeners, and we appreciate you tuning in today. We'd like to ask you to tell others about our broadcast, where you heard it, and encourage them to come on board and have a part. Thank you for joining me today here on the broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. To God goes all the glory. And we hope that our study today will draw you closer to His Word to walk in His way. To listen to it again or other broadcasts, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.